All right, everybody. Welcome back to our regular scheduled programming. That, of course, is the Gym Life Podcast. Fit, jacked, and stacked. One show to rule them all. And uh, welcome you guys back after, well, like a couple weeks off anyhow. Of course, I did that Arnold recap last week, which was, I guess, like any other show, right? I just talked about everything that we love to be talked about here. But it made, made it more pertinent to kind of what went on at the Arnold, in case any of you out there uh, didn't get a chance to go or course we're just kind of looking for a little color commentary on what was going on down there hopefully that lent to you know lent to it a little bit for you and got you maybe uh a little bit more engaged about what we saw down there and maybe a little bit more excited about going back uh because we know the Arnold's going to be sticking around for a couple more years anyhow and of course uh next year will be no different than this year uh big with a uh, a lot of uh a lot of uh colorful cast let's just say that including all the sports that we love and then some, of course. They're always adding to that kind of stuff, which I mentioned last week. We missed a little bit of that, but, uh, you know, slap fighting, as much as you want to see that in person, fuck, I think you get enough out of that just watching the videos, honestly. God, it's painful to watch. But this show kind of uh, get us back on track a little bit, start heading into the spring, all the good stuff that we got coming up, of course. And I'll be honest with you, I'm kind of resetting my brain right now, you know, when I do all this sort of uh, podcast and stuff and get all this content and, and uh, you know, try to bring it to you guys on a weekly basis or thereabouts anyhow. It's nice to sit back and reset, and that's kind of what I did after the Arnold. You know, I didn't really take a look at anything. Barely been on my social media to even lend to that at all over the last week and a half or so, and it's felt good. So this show is going to be a little bit, uh, a little bit, uh, what do you want to say, unscripted, uh, as my good friend Terry Goodlad and his podcast, Unscripted with Terry Goodlad. Today, Terry, this is my version of unscripted a little bit, although you're much more scripted even when you aren't uh, unscripted or when you are. So, But I figure there's a few things from the Arnold here I still wanted to mention today that kind of came to mind after that show. Maybe not so much, you know, the really big important stuff, but some stuff worth mentioning. I've got a couple things written down here. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but as soon as I got back from the Arnold, I went and had my uh, tricep reattached. So for those of you on YouTube, this is what it looks like when they put you in a splint after a major, I'm guessing even bicep tendon repair or tricep tendon repair. Mine was completely detached, as a lot of guys and gals are that do strongman. When they compete or when they're training and they blow something like that out, there's generally a lot of force behind it. And as a matter of fact, I don't know many guys that just kind of partial tear or anything anymore. It's either all or nothing, and I was that guy for sure. <coughs> so it... um. Yeah, anyhow, it bit, I, it bit me at the War of the North, and uh, I finally got my surgery done as soon as I got back from the Arnold, which I thought was a little bit – everybody's telling me they kind of, you know, they rush at that shit to get done right away, but I had no reason to doubt my orthopedic. So he said, no, no, you'll be fine. Go to the Arnold, come back, we'll fix you right up. And apparently the surgery went great. Uh, you know, this thing, this big splint that they put you in for the first two weeks is about the most ridiculously heavy, awkward, and immobilizing thing you'll ever wear on one of your appendages. Uh, I can't – Literally, I don't want to go too TMI for you guys, but I'm teaching my five-year-old right now how to wipe his ass. And I myself am having to reteach myself how to wipe my ass because I'm not left-handed. And for everybody out there that's ever taken that for granted, seriously, right? You guys are like, what the fuck, man? Seriously? Are we talking about this right now? Yeah, we are. Because this is a shout-out to all you brothers and sisters of mine who have ever torn a bicep, a tricep, a shoulder, a pec, anything that made them completely immobilize 
their working arm, the one that they do the most work with, their coordinated arm, if you will, and no longer have the ability to use it and have to figure everything out with their left hand or their right hand, as the case may be, uh, it's a freaking nightmare. It's a nightmare, and I'm managing just about every aspect of my life with it now after uh, almost two weeks, except wiping my ass. Oh, it's a nightmare, guys. I'm going to tell you right now, my bathroom with my son and I in it, him trying to figure out how to wipe his ass and me trying to figure out how to wipe mine, it's like frosting a cake back there. It is a fucking war zone of shit. And I know some of you right now are saying, this is just going too far. It's not. I can't even put it into words and describe to you what a mess we're looking at every time him and I make the attempt to clean things up down below, if you know what I mean. So I'm relocated literally to taking a shower every time I got to take a shit. It's a joke. It honestly is a joke. And I'm not sure it's going to get any better. Listen, I've been kind of practicing, kind of sitting and reaching, sitting and reaching. I'm not getting any more coordinated with this arm. And I'm here to tell you, <laughs> I've got about 16 weeks of wearing this, this splint and a brace combined. I'm not sure I can master it in 16 weeks, so it's going to be a nightmare. I'm going to have to coordinate my entire day around what time I'm going to poop. Uh, fortunately for me, I'm a pretty regular guy, and I'm making it real regular, guys. I'm not changing a damn thing up right now. And uh, I can always count on myself using the bathroom at least first thing in the morning. So worst-case scenario like the rest of the population of the planet, is sometimes, right, unless you work out first, I'll just jump in the shower. I do a fairly decent, messy job of it, and then I'll just jump in the shower, and I take care of the rest in there in an awkward way where I'm knocking over the shower curtain and knocking over everything in there with this club of an arm that I have, trying to, you know, stretch and reach with my left hand. It's, it's, a, it's a disaster. I hope I did that justice. I hope you guys all uh, can, can really picture what I'm going through right now because it is a living hell. Oh my God. Anyhow, so welcome to tricep distal tendon surgery and repair. Of course, that's led to a splint and uh, a brace here coming up. But in all seriousness, though, it's a kind of injury that, yeah, you take it for granted. You know, you think if you get injured or, you know, I know we've all dealt with it. I had hip, as you guys know, and I know a lot of guys that have had some pec tears and shoulder and all this. Unless you go through it, you really don't realize how disabilitating it really can be outside of the mental aspect of it that just tears you apart. I mean, this injury just tore me apart. You know, I'm on this comeback, and I'm making all these great gains, and, you know, I can't wait to get back at it and compete with, uh, you know, all my friends. And, of course, first show in, I get this next setback, and, you know, now i got to retool again. And, and make no mistake about it, I had maybe one or two down days, and I'm right back into thinking how I'm going to get the job done. And how I'm going to move forward in the next 16 weeks with the best and most effective training I can. That's going to lend to, you know, whatever my goal is or successes that I'm shooting for. Still OSG. That's still on the list. And I said this to my friend the other day. I said, coming off my cancer and coming off my hip replacement, my number one goal was to make OSG in 2023. I made it in 2022, as you guys know, but I didn't go because I wasn't quite ready with a couple of the events in my hip. So I'm really no worse for wear in that sense. I, outside of healing my tricep, you know, having three or four months to get it back in good pressing condition, which I believe I can do. I've talked to some people about it. It's one of those injuries that's, it's, I guess, is more fortunate than some others. Triceps tend to heal up and, and get back to normal pretty quick. And in the meantime, I just do a ton of lower body. I just have a lot of fun with uh, squatting, deadlifting, core work, and, and working on my hips and 
squaring everything up and working all those small intangibles that we often forget to to do or we don't have time to or we just put off or we say it doesn't matter. I got all the time in the world now to do all that stuff. In the meantime, I could get myself a hell of a lot more athletic because that walking weight of 300 pounds a little over 10 days ago at five foot 10, uh, there is no athleticism in me at this point. Uh, it was very evident at the War of the North when I ran the farmers. Uh, I was walking hip to hip. I, I, I didn't open my gate at all. So I've got some work to do. So maybe in a way, maybe in a way, we all look for a silver lining. This is a blessing. Uh, worst case scenario, I tear a tricep, take a few 16 weeks to get myself back together and uh, get everything else right. And then not only will I be a good presser as I was before, but I'll even be further ahead when it comes to my posterior chain and my athletic ability. So OSG 2023, that's what I'm shooting for. And then after that, we'll see. Maybe nothing, maybe something, who knows. But you know I got to finish at least one competition on my comeback or all you fuckers out there are going to tell me to shut up. Of course, uh, as many people around me have said, this just gives you another opportunity to talk shit about people while you're trying to recover. That is a fact. And we're going to do a little bit of that here today. I'm going to cough real quick, guys. I've figured this stuff out already, too, by the way. I'll tell you. <coughs> just a quick one. See, it's actually in my head right now, all this coughing stuff, as I'm sure a lot of you guys have dealt with it out there. It's almost like it's, like a, it's a, a nervous habit now. But what I did figure out, it had nothing to do with the cold or COVID or anything like that. I, I really, what's wrong with me? I went and actually got some Claritin, and it cleared it. It cleared it right up. I mean, holy fuck. I've been walking around this for two months thinking it's never going to get better, and all I needed to do was get some Claritin. So apparently I'm, there's an allergic something or whatever it is. and So I do a little Claritin, and I actually just did one a few hours ago, so maybe it's not in full effect yet. But in any case, hopefully I get through this whole podcast without uh, coughing too many times. Of course, that seems to be a part of my shtick anymore moving to the side and coughing on you guys while I'm trying to talk to you. All right, what do we got going on here? So I've got a few things written down, and as you can probably imagine, it's Sanskrit because I'm writing with my left hand, so my notes are not detailed at all. So maybe the idea of coming back and doing a show that's very sort of unscripted and just sort of having fun with it uh, probably was necessary because I couldn't get very detailed with my notes to save my life. Uh, it's very, uh, like, uh, yeah, it's almost hieroglyphic. Uh, so, but I did write a few things down here that is worth mentioning. We're talking about hopefully entertain you guys a little bit today. Certainly stuff that I wanted to mention. So I'll, I'll check it off the list and get ready for a big show next week, of course. And that's leading to clash on the coast, which we'll talk a little bit about that. And that's that big one Oh five strongman event down in South Carolina. And uh, I'll mention a few things about that for this show's over with. So stay tuned. You strongmen out there. Uh, a couple things that happened to Arnold that I didn't mention last weekend. <coughs> Excuse me. One of them is probably the most exciting thing that's probably ever happened to me when it comes to, uh, I, what do you want to say? Just just be, having an honor bestilled upon me, right? Like, I don't know if there's many times in our lives that we can be honored with something. I have, if we're in the military like I was and other guys out there, you know, when you, when you get a medal for something you've done or some courageous effort or, you know, uh, you know putting forth, uh, you know, uh, you know, just just putting forth something or doing something that nobody else did that you get recognized for, uh, you know, that's being bestilled an honor for sure. And, and I'm not making that comparison here, but that's the way I felt because this is something that kind of took me by surprise. I had no idea it was coming. My friends, Hamza and Kara, uh, who are, Hamza is a bodybuilding buddy of mine, and Kara is just a friend through Hamza, but actually through her dad as well. Well, you know, I knew Kara back, uh, Kara was a little bit younger than I was, so her dad owned a gym locally, and I used to work out at the gym, and Kara was there. So we kind of knew each other before we knew each other. 
Along comes my friend Hamza, who's from, uh, oh, shit, Hamza, you're going to kill me. I interviewed you, too, uh, local bodybuilder. He's from, oh, I'm going ho- to hold that thought. I don't even want to guess. Anyhow, it's over there in northern Africa. I can tell you that, not Libya. Um, yeah, shoot. Anyhow, so he's over here getting married to Kara, and uh, they've got their wedding schedule, which I was invited to. I think it's October. And we were at the Arnold Classic last weekend, and uh, I was having dinner with uh, Hamza and Kara and uh, her parents, of course, and then a friend of mine, Todd Whitting, and uh, IFBB Pro and his his girlfriend, Alea, uh, were all there, and we were just enjoying the night away. It's about two hours worth of chatting and just enjoying the conversation, enjoying each other's company. When I was just getting ready to leave, and, and Hamza and Kara both asked me to stay for a minute. They had something they wanted to ask me, which I thought, was uh, a bit unusual, right? I mean, because what could it be? What could it possibly be? It intrigued, it intrigued me for sure. And uh, they asked me to actually officiate, officiate, right? Officiate their wedding. That's right. Yours truly is going to become an ordained minister to marry uh, two good friends of mine in the fitness community. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, I don't. I can't even say that's ever even been on my bucket list. Although I just added it to it once they said it. I'm like, this is cool. Um, you guys certainly know I have no problem talking, so that's going to be a lot of fun that I'll get a chance to kind of stand before them at, you know, the, arguably the most important day of their lives and be a part of that with them. And 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 they uh, have faith in me to do a good job for them to represent their wedding. I mean, a lot of pressure for sure, but I'm up for it. But, uh, you know, it's just something that I can't tell you how just how honored I felt to to be be put in that position by them to be able to be a part of that special day for them. So. I, I can't do a podcast without making mention of that. And albeit it wasn't kind of fitting the podcast of last week, it certainly was something I didn't want to leave out today. I think it's just a real cool opportunity. And uh, certainly I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm beside myself just thinking about how much fun it's going to be to represent like that. And who knows? Hey, maybe I'll be really good at it. And you might be staring at uh, a guy that buries a lot of people in the fitness community in the near future. I can always use another gig, that's for sure. Lord knows this podcast and stuff doesn't pay the bills. But ultimately, uh, I got to get or, I got to get myself ordained, and uh, then after that, I guess we just get together with uh, Hamza and Kara, and we figure out how we want to do it, and you know where exactly they want me to fit into, you know their thoughts about getting married, and you know some of the things they want me to say, and whether they're going to give me the freedom to entirely do that or not, I don't know. We'll see. But in any case, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I might actually have to open the show up with like the Gym Life podcast hosted by the Minister of Muscle or the preacher of the posterior chain maybe the reverend of the rack pull you know i'm gonna get crazy with this shit guys it doesn't stop here i'll tell you between now and october you're gonna hear an awful lot about me getting ready to officiate these guys weddings so looking forward to that so thank you you guys for uh making me a part of your special day i appreciate that hamza and Kara. oh what else that i wanted to get to oh you know it's funny we talk about uh you know i always talk about rivalries in the sport and how every sport, even in the lifting community, needs like a little bit of shit talking to, uh, you know, kind of make it a little bit more entertaining, a little bit more colorful for the spectators out there. Maybe more colorful for all of us athletes as well. Because it's all good fun, I'd like to think, a lot of times. And maybe sometimes it's not, and that's okay too. You know, I, I think of people in particular like uh, Blessing Adawadu and Nick Walker when they were talking shit, you know, leading up to a couple big contests last year. Lo and behold, they're friends when it's all the dust clears and it all settles. And, you know, I, I think we can all appreciate that. It kind of lends to the drama of these events as, as they're quickly approaching. 
And I can tell you right now that I had that experience at Brothers the night that I was there for the post-strongman party, or the after party, uh, with a certain somebody that's heading out to the U90 Classic over in England at U Luke Davies U90 Classic, which you guys have heard me talk about here as a strongman event. That is probably, the, not probably, it is absolutely the biggest U90 event in the world. It will be considered worlds for the U90s. They have just about every name, and they'll have 30 guys deep, I think Luke said, when it's all said and done. That will be 30 of the top 32 guys in the world, all competing at this show. Some guys coming up a class from the 80s to the 90s. Some guys coming down a class from the 105s to the 90s. And a guy in particular, John Hack, who's never done Strongman before, who's arguably one of the most talented powerlifters to walk the planet right now, is throwing his hat in the ring to compete against all these guys as well. And uh, it'll be no surprise to me that John will do really well out there. But there's a certain somebody in the 80s calling out a certain somebody in the 90s that I actually went to him the next morning just to be sure that all the shit that he said, he would be okay with me repeating or paraphrasing any of it. I actually gave him an out because this went on for an hour, guys. He talks so much smack about kicking this guy's ass. And, and it was serious, too. It wasn't just like, hey, I'm just having fun talking to you, Joe. No, I want you to know I'm going to do this. I want the world to know I'm going to do this. I'm at the point where I'm sick and tired about hearing about this guy's resume. He's never competed against a guy like me before, coming up a class only to gain muscle and gain strength, to compete against him. My number one goal is to beat Tyler Davis, says... C.J. Krause. He was adamant about it. I know what you guys are thinking. Oh, bullshit. It was just all fun. He was laughing and joking. Guys, I'm here to tell you. C.J. was not laughing and joking about this. He was dead serious. Uh, resume, a resume builder for C.J. Krause, much like Tyler Davis. It takes an awful lot these days because he's on top of the food chain when it comes to the 80s. Has been for a while now, just like Tyler Davis is the top of the food chain for the 90s. So to hear C.J. Krause calling out a guy, a class above him, and basically saying, I'm going to, not only am I going to go there, but I'm going to show the world that Tyler Davis isn't what everybody thinks he is. He's beatable, and I'm going to beat him because I'm the guy that can stick it to him in every event out there. I'm not just saying like he's going to sneak up on him, guys. CJ's talking, quite frankly, that he's going to destroy Tyler. And by the sounds of it, that's just what he wants to do. He's essentially going to England. I mean, by default, you probably would win the show if you beat Tyler Davis because he's the odds-on favorite right now to win that show. But that is C.J. Krause's goal. Now, listen, even I was taken back by that because when I was talking to him, uh, you know, I was like, I'm sh I, you, you, you got to be drunk, bro. I, I don't even want to listen to all this stuff. I, I'm going to forget I heard it. You know, I'm not a media guy. I'm not trying to – well, I guess I am a media guy, but I'm not trying to, like, be a detective and, like, report back to all you guys about all this stuff that I hear. I have a – you know, I, I, I keep things, you know, I keep things private when guys and gals mention stuff to me, unless they want me to mention it. Otherwise, you know, I'm not, that's not my job. My job's not to you know, uncover the truth, so to speak. Um, you know, but certainly if I'm going to say something, I'm going to have, uh, I'll have my information right. And I'll certainly make sure out of respect to these guys, if they're ever drinking beers with me and said something stupid, I'm going to go back to them the next day and say, okay, hey, you said a lot of shit to me last night. You want to take any of that back? Do you, is it all just fodder? I, I mean, what do, you, what do you want me to do with this? 
And his exact answers were, as he stood there and looked square in my eyes, he says, I remember every damn thing I said to you. And it's up to you on how you want to use it, but I have no problem with you telling the world I'm going to kick Tyler Davis's ass. I put my stamp of approval on it. And at that point, I'm like, well, I, I can't not say anything. I mean, listen, even Tyler Davis is going to want to hear that. And maybe C.J. Krause, just maybe, the worst thing you can do is call out Tyler Davis because it's been done before. And every time somebody calls this guy out, uh, yeah, he, he, he takes it to him. Um, I, I'm not su suggesting that it'd be any different with you or be different with you towards him. All I'm saying is you're going to be in the battle of a lifetime to begin with. Maybe, just maybe, you should have kept those thoughts to yourself. However, I'm going to honor your wishes here today, just as I already did, and I spilled it all out. I spelled it all out for the strongman community out there, including Tyler Davis, that C.J. Krause is gunning for you, and I know what Tyler's thinking. Bring it on. Who gives a fuck? What's his name again? <laughs> hey, Tyler, what's his name? I know. I don't know. What's his name? There's another 29 guys there that want to kick Tyler Davis' ass too, but uh, I appreciate uh, the fact that C.J. was so uh, forthright in the way he described uh, his mindset going into this event and how he wanted to beat Tyler Davis. And I, I guess there's another layer to that that I really like as well. I like the fact that these guys aren't afraid to have a little fun with this. Now, I guarantee you, C.J. and Tyler, when this event's over with, um, yeah, they're going to drink a beer together, they're going to have fun, they're going to enjoy the rest of their time in England together. I have no doubt about it. Uh, leading up to it now, because C.J. fired this shot across Tyler's bow, uh, Tyler's not going to be afraid to shoot a few rounds back, and I guarantee it'll be in training videos, and C.J. will do the same thing, and maybe a few comments or a few stories, a few posts here and there. Hey, we can all appreciate that. So, I mean, this is why we like a little a bit of, uh, we like a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, th this in sport, you know. We want this rivalry in sport because it lends to all of our interest in the game when we start having guys talk a little bit of shit about one another with all due respect. And I, I will say this to Tyler. CJ said it all night long. With all due respect, this is what I plan on doing to Tyler Davis. So, yeah, kind of fun. That was a little piece that I had to throw in there. I thought about it after that show the other day, and I said to myself, uh, yeah, I got to do that. It's just, of course I do. That's priceless. I mean, you know, I'm not going viral over that shit, but people in the strongman community could certainly appreciate that. And I wish we got more of it. You know, I, I made a comment last week. Oh, it was during, oh, excuse me, <clears throat> during, um, I made a comment last week, and it was during the uh, pro talks about strongman. You know, and I made that comment about, how, uh, I, again, you guys know I was just having fun with it. And, and of course, there was always one asshole that's going to come out of the woodwork and go, what's wrong with uh, Rob Kearney being gay? I didn't say there was anything wrong with him being gay. I was just I made the joke that everybody knows Rob Kearney's gay. He's gay, world's strongest gay. And I made that joke because if you were at the Arno Pro and you saw Rob and representing you know who he was, I, you couldn't help but the laugh and shake your head. I mean, I, even Rob and his... Family and friends probably couldn't. My point is that he wore it proudly, and he was not afraid to uh, literally wear his colors on his sleeve. And, and I guess the reason I said that was because I appreciate the fuck out of that. I think it's really cool that these guys market themselves through and brand themselves through these personas, and not, and not to suggest that that's a persona for Rob Kearney at all. He is who he is. But I love that because another way to make yourself visible in sport is to brand yourself. Why do we always remember the big names but not necessarily the big performers? 
And they're always good performers, right? Don't get me wrong. I mean, you can go right down the line from every basketball player, football player, you know, defensive, offensively, that, you know, was always in the highlights every week, whether he was leading the league in rushing or passing, receiving, or whatever, because people love to see characters. They gravitate towards people who lend persona to sport. It's the guys that say nothing, that have no comments or want to add to the character of it or add to their own character of it. Those guys are forgotten. I don't care how good they are. I mean, unless you're a guy maybe that's soft-spoken like Brian Shaw that wins four World's Strongest Men, yeah, you're not going to forget that guy. I get it. And, and Brian's not a very outspoken person. But that's what it takes to be remembered. What I'm suggesting is, is there's a lot of guys out there that will never be the world's strongest man but can have a great career in powerlifting or strongman or bodybuilding, CrossFit, whatever lifting sport that this show represents and represents to all of you out there by just letting, you know, letting down your guard a little bit and enjoying yourself and letting your persona come out a little bit and brand yourself because companies love that too. Listen, Rob Kearney is not the best strongman in the world. He's a very good strongman. That's a fact as a pro. He's got a great story. And you know what? People remember Rob Kearney, and he knows this because he's the world's strongest gay, and it works. So when I made that statement last week, I wasn't, knocking it i kind of was just like everybody knows you're right everybody knows and everybody knows simply because he does a great job branding himself and if you watch rob walk around that venue he had an entourage with him that was by design guys listen i'm not telling you anything that you probably wouldn't know if you saw it whether they were filming some stuff for his youtube or documentary or something rob knew what he was doing he wanted to walk from one end of that expo to the other with his crew and his entourage with him to bring all eyes on him because it makes his brand that much stronger when guys do that. That's why I wish guys would be a little bit more flamboyant with who they are and what they represent. Nicknames aren't a bad thing either. You know, it's, uh, you know, Evan Singleton and T-Rex, right? Uh, you know, that's a great one. And we've got other ones, The Beast, Eddie Hall. You know, these things are by design. I mean, I get it. These nicknames and these personas are all a part of these people, but they're not afraid to let it shine. You know, there's guys in the amateur rank that do a pretty good job of that, too. You know, my buddy Steve uh, Eastless, you know, the Navajo Warrior, he brought that over from wrestling. Boy, if Steve ever let it go for Strongman, we'd be in for a real treat. So would, the, so would the fans out there. That's what I'm getting at. Because no matter how good you are in these sports, if you're not somebody to remember, you're going to be somebody who's forgot. Unless you just do something so crazy like win four strongest, world's strongest mans. Then, of course, you, you're always going to be a part of history. But the rest of us, we got some work to do. And you got to lend, lend to that persona a little bit. You know, come out of that box a little bit. Let that personality shine. And I often make reference to these super heavyweights, and I did last week, and Strongman in particular, that, you know, they're kind of not noticed as much. And I got to thinking about that a little last week. Like, why would that be? Well, there's a lot of real good reasons, right? But one thing that these super heavyweights are pretty quiet guys, aren't they? They don't say an awful lot. They, they're kind of guys, I get it. They want their performance to speak for them. But wouldn't you say as a result of it a little bit, for many of them, they're kind of like that. They're all a bit introverted characters. They're all kind of soft-spoken guys. But if they just tuned it up a little bit, right? Tuned it up a little bit. Got a little abrasive. Let their personality shine and, you know, came up with this alter ego like Evan Singleton, who, by the way, lives that alter ego. There's nothing wrong with that. That's called having fun in sport, and you're going to be recognized, and you're going to be remembered. 
Uh, and certainly you're going to see promoters now that are going to go, fuck, I want this guy here. Not only is he going to perform well, right? You're going to be that guy that still is going to stand behind what he does. You're also going to lead to the pageantry of the show, and you're going to get people tuning in to watch it. Listen, I'm not suggesting that Strongman becomes WWE. I'm not suggesting that at all. But is it so bad to ask that each and every one of you out there, to some degree, whether it's just on social media or maybe at a show or maybe in an interview or something, to just let people behind the curtain a little bit about who that alter ego is that I know every single one of you out there has played around with in your brain because that's who we are. You know, we're, we're, we're those superheroes in our own minds with the stuff that we do when it comes to lifting weights and performing. And we've all kind of thought about that, haven't we? What superhero would I be? Who would I be? How would I represent? Am I that good guy? Am I that bad guy? Am I that, that sort of anti-hero? Who am I? Uh, so, yeah, anyhow, that's what I meant by that. That's why I like rivalry in sport, too, because that, like what CJ did there, I think he he's letting his personality shine. Whether you agree with him or don't agree with him and give CJ a lot of shit, or maybe you'll pat him on the back and say, man, I, I love to hear that because somebody's got to bring Tyler Davis down. Tyler won't be afraid to throw his hat in the ring. He'll say a few things back as well. There's nothing wrong with that, guys. And uh, the fan base loves it. This public that watches our sport loves it. More importantly, it's because they remember who you are. Now, sometimes you got to put your, put your performance behind where your mouth is for sure. And you can't necessarily get away with talking smack all the time unless you're ready to back it up. But if it's not talking smack, we can certainly let our personality shine a little bit. Come out there, have some fun. Get these younger athletes behind you, these kids, right, that are coming up watching these strong men perform and go, wow, man, look at that. Look at that, dude. Look at Eddie the Beast Hall, right? Look at uh, Rob Kearney, the world's strongest gay. Whoever it is, T-Rex. You know, uh, yeah, there's all so many more, too. I should have wrote down all the nicknames that I know in the sport right now. Swampy Swamps. That's a tough one, but I like it. Everybody knows Hannah Lindsay. You know, that's good stuff. Uh, so you get guys get what I'm saying out there. So, yeah, Tyler Davis versus C.J. Krause. CJ, you're not the only one gunning for Tyler Davis, but I like your attitude. <coughs> All right, so you guys remember a part of the show that I did a couple weeks ago called uh, Nobody Wants to See This Anymore, or Nobody Wants to See That. I don't even know how I came about it, right? I think what it was is I did this show, and I I was saw a few things that I didn't like in the gym about photography. I made some mention about bodybuilder dropping his shorts down to his knees and or whatever else it was, some girl you know, taking pictures of herself in the in the mirror over and over again. And I, I would come back with a comment, nobody wants to see that. Not by design, by the way. It just kind of slipped out of my mouth over and over again. And it resonated with you guys. You loved it. So I put it out there that if there was anything that you guys wouldn't want to see in the gym, what would it be? What gym culture could you live without? Like, nobody wants to see that. And I got a great response, man. This is like right before the Arnold, too. So I, I'm a couple shows behind wanting to do this particular segment of the show. But I thought it was a lot of fun because I must have got 50 or 60 responses. A lot of them overlapped, to no surprise. But uh, I'm going to go over a few with them right now. And I'm going to just give my vote on it. Whether or not that's true, whether we want to see it or don't want to see it, I thought some of them were a little bit on, on a thin, thin ice as far as that's concerned. I, I could have leaned both directions. But here's, here's the ones that I thought resonated the most. Guys in stretch pants. Yeah, no, nobody wants to see that. N absolutely nobody 
wants to see that. It's hard to watch ballet if you ever caught it on TV. Mind you, I don't go to ballet, albeit I can appreciate the arts. To see a guy in a pair of stretch pants? No, no, no. It, it, yeah, do I have to explain to you the problem I see with that? Like, literally the problem I see with that? For one, it's it's just, yeah, nobody wants to see that. I also really, I'm, I could, it's less about the junk in the front. I just don't want to see stretch pants riding up some guy's ass, honestly. So, yeah, nobody wants to see that. I got actually stretch pants a few times. Uh, tripods, of course, in the gym. Nobody wants to see that. We already talked about that. That was worth mentioning. Maybe some guys didn't know I said that, but I had about 15 of them come in as tripods. Yep, nobody wants to see that. You're taking way too much time in the gym to think about what you're going to record as opposed to what you want to do. So nobody wants to see that. Um, Ex-bodybuilders. This is a good one. <laughs> I'm glad somebody said this because it's so true. Ex-bodybuilders or bodybuilders that aren't competing, putting their pictures online during the weekend of a big show. You guys get what I'm saying out there? So North Americans, Arnold Classic, Olympia, doesn't matter, right? You're not competing in the show. Don't put up pictures of yourself when you used to compete. Nobody wants to see that. Your day is over with. This is not about you anymore. And nobody cares how good you used to look. That's like I used to bench 500 pounds. I don't bench 500 pounds anymore. I don't show the video of me benching 500 pounds anymore. Nobody wants to see that. So you bodybuilders out there, men and women alike, because you're both guilty of it, quit posting old, old uh, contest pics of yourself when another contest is going on to try to draw attention to you and let everybody know that you once competed in that show or you once were this or you once were that. Nobody cares, and nobody wants to see that. It's just too much. I, matter of fact, I see it year-round from these guys. It's not even about shows anymore. These guys are some of the worst shaped guys and gals of their life, and they continue to post old pictures of themselves on stage. Holy shit, man. Just keep it on your phone. Look at it when you want to look at it, but nobody else wants to see that. That's just not who you represent anymore. Some may agree with me. Some may disagree. I think most of you probably agree. Oh, this is one. This is a good one. The Trend Twins. The Trend Twins. You guys know who the Trend Twins are out there right now? They're YouTube celebs, I think. Yeah, they're pretty celebrity. Yeah, they're celebrity. I looked them up. Two young guys. I think they're from Indiana or Illinois. I don't know where they're from. A couple different places, I think. I tried to look them up thoroughly, by the way. Do a background on them, guys. Don't have much. Other than they're in their early 20s, they're both jacked. <laughs> yeah, they look pretty fucking good. They do this YouTube stuff, and they're constantly posing and doing all the shit that many of us can't stand watching guys do in the gym. That's a fact. I totally understand that. But when it comes to saying the trend twins, nobody wants to see that. I can't agree with that. I can't. And here's why. Because every one of us out there, I know it's a lot of you guys going, bullshit, it wasn't me. Dude, you can't tell me back in your early 20s when you were lifting weight and getting jacked as jacked could get for you back then that you wouldn't have loved YouTube being around to document you and your buddies' workouts and all the shit that you did in between and all the goofy stuff that you were a part of as you were just loving the gym culture and loving gym life. Come on, every single one of us out there would have done exactly what these two young guys are doing. Hey, listen, they're good-looking guys. They're jacked. They're getting all the girls. They're getting a lot of money. I mean, come on. Who, would, who wouldn't do that? You know, I, Listen, that, that ship has sailed for all, almost all of us out there. I get it. 
But some of these young guys coming up that are just pretty much being themselves, they're not trying to sell workout routines or Photoshop their pictures and shit. They're they're just they're just doing crazy shit like Larry Wheels or you know one of these other influencers that I think we've all sort of picked up in our culture over the last couple of years. So I can't say that the trend twins. Oh hell yeah, keep doing what you're doing. I can't agree with that. I don't think everybody wants to see that, but I wouldn't say necessarily nobody wants to see that. So yeah, those guys are interesting. I'll say that. Hey, listen, it gets me reminiscent, man. Back in the day when I was had my workout partners and. We used to do goofy shit like that. I know, I know. Back in the day. Quit talking about it. Okay, so the next one. Oh, this is a good one because it never gets old. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Sumo deadlifting. Yep, that's right. We're back at it again with sumo deadlifting. Sumo deadlifting. <clears throat> yeah. Nobody wants to see that. Absolutely nobody wants to see you sumo deadlift. Because here's the thing, sumo deadlifters, the more this topic's brought up in conversation each and every year, the further and further the rest of the lifting public respects you, including me. Sumo deadlifting is a J-O-K-E joke. It's just a joke. Stop it already. Nobody wants to see that. Do not post a video of your 750-pound sumo PR that you move literally two inches in a completely mechanically different position than a normal deadlift, even call it a deadlift as a part of its name, and then want to post that like you're, like you're doing some incredible feat of strength. Uh, guess what? You're not. Go to any USAPL meet out there, drug-tested meet, and there's guys 185 pounds doing 700-pound sumo deadlifts pretty regularly. You want to know why? Because it's easy. It's not hard to do. It's not hard to do. You want to impress me? Conventionally deadlift 750 pounds off the floor. Let me see that. That is a way different lift than sumo. So I agree with that 100%. I won't ramble on here because I could about sumo all day long. And I've got friends that hate me about this, and they're going to let me know. And I'm fine with that because I stand behind it. Sumo deadlifting, nobody wants to see that enough already. It's a joke. <sighs> Get me all worked up about sumo deadlifting. Okay. Uh, what's my last one? My last one. This is one I didn't want to say. I really didn't want to say it. Because it's something I saw at the Arnold. And I have to say it. Because when I was watching it, literally, guys, when I was watching it by myself, or not by myself, but in that compound booth next to the expo stage, I literally said out loud, nobody wants to see that. And I wasn't trying to be funny. I was like, literally, like, I can't believe I'm witnessing exactly what I preach about on my show. They had this bikini pat, this bikini pageant, right? Bear with me here. They had a bikini pageant on the expo stage. I think it was Saturday afternoon. It was during some downtime, right, between a couple different events. So there was a bikini company there, and I don't know their name. And I'm glad I don't know their name because I don't want to talk shit about them. I'll beat them. If you figure out who it is, let me know. I'm kidding. Don't tell me. Um, it was these, you know, the rhinestone bikinis, these bedazzled bikinis that all the bodybuilding women wear in all categories. They decided to have a bikini show. And I thought, oh, this is going to be interesting. You're going to have a bunch of figure girls and a bunch of uh, bikini girls and wellness girls and uh, bodybuilding girls and fitness girls. You're going to have the whole gamut up there, right? 
you're thinking in the backstage and I couldn't see the backstage. So I basically saw them when they came out on the stage and then they exited the stage. This big kind of half circle kind of thing or whatever they did as they walked out. So as this begins, I'm noticing that a lot of these girls are, I don't know what you want to say. See, I'm going to sound like a dick now. Everybody out there is going to go, here we go. Look at this guy again. Just, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a hater. I'm not. There's just some things we don't expect to see. When we see a bedazzled bikini, like a bodybuilding bikini, immediately we're going to assume it's going to go on a fairly decent body. Am I wrong by saying that, guys? Am I wrong by saying that, that every single woman that wears these bikinis in competition, to some degree or another, is in reasonably good condition, and they look great, whether they won the show or not. They're, if you put them in normal clothes and... You walked them off stage, you got up close to them. They're decent-looking women. They've worked hard to get the bodies that they deserve. Not this bikini show. Not this particular bikini show. Oh, by the way, buy a bodybuilding bikini company at the Arnold Expo. No, they, they thought to think of this a little bit different. Yes, they did have a lot of, uh, a lot of very uh, attractive... Not, and I don't want to use that word, right? I'm not trying to belittle anybody. They had a lot of very... They had a lot of women that were in shape. They did. They had a fair amount of women that were in shape. There's 100 women that did this show. Let's say 50. Now let's say 100. There's probably 100. 100 women that did this show, probably 25 of them had fairly good physiques. Like you can see them maybe competing like in a few weeks or maybe they just got done competing. Maybe they're kind of in an off season or whatever. They, they had some good physiques. Whether they were beautiful or not, or pretty, that doesn't have anything to do with it. I get it. To each their own. I the beholder. I get all that. Sort of, and I'll tell you why. And then all of a sudden, they start sending out some of these women that were rather obese, um, lots of skin. And I thought, okay, well, having a tough time with this one. Listen, I, I don't know what their plight was. I don't know what kind of life they led. I'm trying not to think down that line a little bit, but I'm also thinking like a guy that's watching a bedazzled bikini, a competitor's bikini company put on a bikini show at the Arnold Expo. And I'm asking myself, why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? Why are they trying to represent themselves like that? When some of these women starting to come out, quite frankly, were road hard and put away wet 30 fucking years ago, 10, 20, it doesn't even matter. Could have been last year. They didn't look good. Many of them didn't even look like they worked out. Some of them, I mean, all the above. And I kept asking myself, in, on what planet would a bikini company that sells strictly to bodybuilding women would showcase a bikini show representing this sort of woke culture of, of women, this sort of feminist movement if you will and i can don't get me started on that i'm, I'm not, you guys understand what i'm saying like where they felt it was necessary to have all body types and all styles represented listen there's a place for that i get it and i'm not hating because there's an absolute place for that somewhere but at the arnold expo at the arnold expo for a bikini company that makes bikinis for competitors don't you think it should have been done a little differently it's not like any of these women were going to go out and buy these bikinis, get off stage and go, oh, shit, I really love the way this fits me. Boy, I think I'm going to go buy one of these and wear it to the beach. First off, you'd blind somebody if you walked out in the sun in one of these things. And secondly, 
your ass is eating it. Nobody wants to see that. So there's not a person there that did this show that actually came off stage and went, wow, this, this looks, or anybody in the audience for that matter. <laughs> oh, fuck, I didn't even get to that part yet. Look at the audience. when the God, I wish this was on camera. Look at the audience faces when these women came out. And mind you, they're not even as bad as me. You guys know I'm a little toxic. I'm sure you that half this audience was not me, and they all had the same look on their face because nobody could believe what they were witnessing out there. But see, I'm not even to my point yet. And you guys are already getting worked up. Some of you quit listening, and some of you probably quit following me already. I get it. I'm hard to listen to sometimes, but bear with me. It got worse. It got worse. So I'm towards the end of the show, this woman comes out who, oh, by the way, wasn't a woman. No, no, no. No, no. -uh. I label her how you want to label her. It was not a woman. Okay. This, she clearly had a penis. So that's how I define it. You guys can go off on your own. You guys can go off on your own reservation how you want to deal with all that. I'm telling you how I define it. This was not a woman. Walks out with one of these bedazzled bikinis on. And it was just like, I mean, mind you, the guy was pretty hung, honestly. Just in this dazzled bikini, right? And I'm thinking to myself, have I seen it all now? What am I witnessing at the Arnold Expo? I get this whole woke community that we're a part of out there, guys. This whole sort of make everybody inclusive and identify how they want to identify. I don't like it. I don't agree with 99.9% .9 of it. That's not my place. I, I mind my own business 99.9% .9 of the time. Maybe not right now, and here's why. First off, that was her first run-through. The second run-through was, why don't I put on a, a long blonde wig and fur boots, wear a different colored bedazzled bikini, and take out a broadsword with me so I can look like Conan the Barbarian? That is the moment I said, nobody wants to see this. You should have seen the look on everybody's face in this crowd. <laughs> they couldn't believe what they were witnessing. If Arnold was there, he would have had a heart attack. I guarantee it. I know Arnold's from California, guys, but Arnold doesn't want to see this. I can assure you of that. It was just a, it was a disgrace. Oh, it was just so hard to look at. And the reason I had the biggest problem with it, guys, is in other areas of life, a bikini contest like that in San Francisco or wherever, right? I mean, it could be any of these gay pride days. or I don't give a shit. It could be anywhere else. From an actual bikini company that produced bikinis for women of normal culture and those who think they're women from normal culture to buy, to wear, I have no problem with that. I would think like, yeah, of course. You're marketing to a more diverse audience. Why not sell your bikini to everybody out there? Makes complete sense. If some dude wants to buy your bikini, so be it. Sell 100 of them. But what I didn't get here is why this bikini company, who, again, only made bikinis specifically for women in bodybuilding. Let's be clear about this. Women in bodybuilding. That's, that's somebody without a dick, all right? Let's be clear. Because right now, currently in bodybuilding, there isn't any provisions that allow transgender women to compete against normal women. And God forbid if that ever happens. Oh, 
please, Lord, don't ever let that happen. You know, and I'm not even worried about it. I don't think it's ever going to happen. I think we all agree across the board out there within gym culture, at least 90-some percent of us, nobody wants to see that. Absolutely nobody does. So the idea that this bikini company then was pioneering some trend or something like this is going to happen, well, no, they weren't, so that's silly. So why then have this guy out there prancing around in fur boots, a bikini, a broadsword, and a long blonde wig representing your company that makes bedazzled bikinis for women's bodybuilding? It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. And you fucking people out there right now that are listening to this going, oh, he's just not being inclusive. He's short. He's, he's, he's narrow-minded. He's short-sighted. He doesn't understand you know, really what's going on out there and how we need to embrace everybody and who they want to be. Stop that. It's bullshit. You guys know it's bullshit. It doesn't belong everywhere. Shit, even the USAPL is having a hard time with it. Did you get that the other day? They lost the battle in court that said, Transgender women now have a right to compete with other women no matter what. Are you kidding me? Okay. Again, I'm getting off on a tangent. My point is I pray to the Lord that this culture, that type of that that type of thing doesn't ever come into our gym community and our competitive community like the rest of the world is accepting it everywhere else. Because nobody wants to see that. And it would be hellfire. And don't think it can't happen, guys. So are you guys out there going, well, wait a minute. That's just a little far-fetched. That's never going to happen. Is it really? Is it really? Because there's some shit going on right now that's blowing my mind. Could you imagine the first guy that's going to compete as a woman in bodybuilding? I mean, yeah, you, you're probably right. I, I don't see it happening either. But I've learned in the last few years to say never say never. And God forbid it would ever happen. And people are just going to say, well, what's wrong with that? Let me give you a perfect example. If there were, you know, there's this group of people out there called Furbies or something, right? They all think they're cats and dogs and stuff. Yeah, they, they really do. For those of you who have been in the dark, <laughs> yeah, they exist. They really do think they're cats and dogs. And they're treated like cats and dogs. If we're going to allow transgender women to compete in lifting sports, let alone everywhere else in the world right now they're letting them compete. That's not my business. My show doesn't cover that. But if we're going to let them allow lifting sports, then what's preventing one of these Furbies to compete at a dog show or a cat show or whatever the fuck they do for cats? Nothing. That's my point. I mean, that's the slippery slope we're on right now. Because if you're going to allow somebody to identify to identify, regardless of biological limits, and you're going to say to them that I'm a dog, so I identify as a dog, so I want to compete in a dog show? Who's to stop that person from competing if we don't start putting boundaries up now? I mean, yeah, I know that seems a bit extreme, but is it really? So anyhow, that kind of went off on a little bit of a different tangent. I could talk about that stuff all day, every day. I'm very passionate about it, as I know a lot of you out there are getting more and more passionate about it as well. Because it's hitting closer and closer to home. And when I saw that that weekend on the stage, I thought to myself, don't desensitize this audience. Don't desensitize all of us and how we, how we know our gym culture to be. I'm not suggesting these people don't work out or shouldn't work. No, no, no. Don't take it that far. I know some of you fuckers out there are. All I'm saying, when it comes to competition and sport, there has to be clear 
and defining defining lines as to where people compete or can't compete no matter how they identify period it could be real simple if you had a dick or do have a dick you don't compete with women period now i get it you're going to spell it out a little more than that and a lot of you guys are out there already saying well you're talking about hormones now and you're talking about testosterone and you've got some women who take this and guys fuck all that you guys know exactly what i'm talking about do not fall back on that argument. Don't do it. If biologically you were never a man before or you were never a woman before, and generally it doesn't work both ways, then you simply don't have a right to compete in whatever organization, whatever competition that is, with whichever gender that you're not assigned to, period. End of discussion. Matt Walsh does a better job of that, guys. And what is a woman? Uh, not me. I'm not as articulate as he is. And I tend to put my emotions before my words sometimes. But you guys know where I'm coming with that. Whew. Wow, man. Another Ric Flair moment there, Luke. Always go back to Luke Davies and the Ric Flair moments. Yeah, he's a big fan of Ric Flair. And probably not a fan of that conversation. I just said, I don't know. I Listen, I'm not trying to like start an argument with any of my friends out there either. That's the beauty about all the people that I hang out with. Uh, we all have open opinions and open minds when it comes to things. Whether we agree or disagree, we can sit there and we can we can uh, have some dialogue about it. And whether we agree or disagree in the end, we're still going to be friends. And if those of you are out there that can agree or disagree with me on that sense of things, we're going to get along just fine. I'm not preaching the gospel here. I'm preaching my truth. Uh, and you know, I welcome anybody to come on to counter that. Actually, I don't. <laughs> Fuck. That's why I monologue my podcast. No thanks. I don't want to talk to you. I like my opinion better. I'm kidding. Fuck. No, I'm not. Okay, maybe a little bit. <clears throat> okay. Let's see here. So we talked about a lot of stuff that has nothing to do with Gym Life Podcast, and I told you this show was going to go in that direction today. Um, I want to kind of get on to real quick um, bah, 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 the Clash on the Coast. Uh, that's next weekend. Clash on the Coast. I had an interview with Tyler Purdue. I had an interview with uh, – uh, Tommy Sharp, Tommy the Cowboy Sharp. Uh, got some other ones coming up. Dan Hughes, I think, is tomorrow, and some other guys that are going to come up prior to next week that we can get a little insight on how they're feeling about going into that show. It is the premier 105 show in the nation. We know that. Uh, Clash on the Coast is back, baby. Uh, it's less than two weeks away, and you guys get ready for a wild ride because that is 30 of the toughest competitors uh, on the planet when it comes to the 105 class, and a king will be crowned. Uh, I have my favorites. I'm going to share those with you on the next podcast leading up to that show. Uh, and, uh, boy, there's a lot of guys there to choose from, so that might even change between now and then. Um, also, too, I'm putting out some swag for the Gym Life podcast. Uh, just real simple stuff. But I'm going to tell you something, guys, real quick, before you shut the podcast off. I'm doing shirts and sweatshirts and some other stuff, and I'm working with some guys. I'm working with some athletes. Uh, some athletes have reached out to me more recently, asked me if there's any way I could help get them to uh, certain events. And as you guys know, I'm sponsoring Nick O'Hare and C.J. Pierce here to get to the United Classic over at England. Uh, I don't make any money doing this stuff. I just try to find good ways to get things done uh, to help these guys out because ultimately with my podcast, uh, it's more philanthropy for me. Uh, it allows me to be a part of a community that I love, but more importantly, it allows me to support all the great athletes out there that are a part of these communities as well. So I am starting to sell some swag. That's T-shirts and merch and all that kind of stuff. Swag being merch, in case you guys don't know. And uh, I've got some athletes that I'm working with 
that we're going to have kind of their own line. No different than a lot of these competitions do, like OSG and Luke's United Classic when they sell T-shirts and they give the proceeds to the athletes uh, to be able to get them to certain shows or, or increase prize pools, things like that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to work with some of these athletes, announce who they are, uh, work closely with them to design a couple products that I can use my reach to sell for them and they can sell as well. And 100% of the proceeds, that being the profit, is going to go to them uh, to make sure, by the way, and I'll, I'll, I'll hold it accountable, to make sure that their, their entries are paid and or travel and that sort of thing is taken care of leading up to some of these bigger shows that they're trying to be a part of. Now, I can't do that for everybody. I'm trying to work a little bit closer to home on this and some guys that are going to some of these larger shows, of course, that are having a tougher time making ends meet. Uh, I'm going to start there, but I just kind of want to make all you guys aware of that out there, uh, that it, that as I kind of unfold this uh, stuff, uh, I want you to know that this goes to a good cause and uh, you know, to get you guys on board with it, I'm going to try to make it kind of fun so the swag's not going to have like a guy's last name on the back of it and stuff, albeit if you wanted that, we could do that. I'm just trying to make it more fun so where you guys could have a cool strongman shirt or to wear a powerlifting shirt that maybe says something and maybe it's got a signature on it by one of these guys or something, you know, just for fun. And it'll give you something good to talk about. Uh, so we're going to try to come up with some cool designs to help that cause along because uh, certainly nobody's going to get rich selling T-shirts. And ultimately, I think, well, I shouldn't say that. There's some guys that do pretty well. <laughs> you guys know who you are. I love your companies, by the way. But you know what I'm saying. I'm not on this level. I'm not going to sell a bunch of podcast shirts to get rich. But I certainly can help a few guys out or a few gals out. So that's what I'm going to try to do with this. As I roll this out over the next couple of weeks, I'll keep you guys posted on every one of the shows about what we got going on. So, But, yeah, short of that, uh, yeah, I think we covered a few things, man. I don't really know what we talked about today. Uh, some heated moments for sure. But I just want to throw something else out there for you guys and get something else this week, of course, so we can be on track leading up to Clash next week. I'll get another show out for you just after the weekend. In the meantime... Uh, you know, don't be too offended by all the shit I say. Uh, you know, I'm a pretty toxic guy when it comes to uh, my opinion on things, and I stand by that, as I know every one of you do out there as well. And I don't ever take that away from you, and I'm always open for good dialogue and good debate, and I'll never hate uh, if somebody doesn't agree with me. Uh, I just say some things because I think sometimes they need to be said, and we live in a society right now that a lot of people are starting to button themselves up a little bit because they're afraid of, of you know retribution and, and i'm not going to be that guy and i'm not sure where that's going to get me down the road in this type of stuff but i can tell you podcasting doesn't cost me anything to do and as long as i have a voice i'm going to use it so stay uh tuned uh stay strong of course 